Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Welcome to Holy Shenanigans. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a poet, a pastor, and a podcaster. In episode 105, I invite you to consider what power you have in your pockets to find what is lost and bring it with you into the autumn season of harvest. What gifts do you have to extend love into the world? If you go searching, you might be surprised to find something you carry with you every day is treasure. There is power in your pockets. What is in the power of pockets? When I think of the power of pockets, those small folds of fabric tucked into our clothing, yes, even the pockets on my pastoral stole, I think of many different kinds of work that people do in the world. This pondering of pockets partially comes from my time away just a few weeks ago in the city of Pittsburgh where I was reminded of the incredible power of people, the everyday laborers who worked as part of the Industrial Revolution in the steel, ice, and whiskey industries at the turn of the century, just to name a few. My thoughts on labor also come up as this last weekend marked the summer wrap-up holiday, filled with the last sweet days of summertime for Labor Day weekend. Beyond parades and picnics to mark this Monday's holiday, The history of this day calls us to recognize the hard labor of the people who began at the height of the Industrial Revolution in the U.S. The average American worked 12 hours a day and seven days a week in order to eke out a basic living. Despite restrictions in some states, children as young as five or six toiled in the mills, factories, and mines across the country, earning a fraction of their adult counterparts. People of all ages, particularly the very poor and recent immigrants, often faced extremely unsafe working conditions with insufficient access to fresh air, sanitary facilities, or breaks. It was this harsh reality of the laborers that led to many labor disputes and efforts to improve working conditions and to set limits to protect children and adults from harsh conditions. 
over many years, labor protests and massive unrest led to Labor Day as an attempt to repair ties with the American workers. Congress passed an act making Labor Day a legal holiday in the District of Columbia and the territories. On June 28, 1894, President Cleveland signed it into law. More than a century later, the true founder of Labor Day has yet to be identified. Many credit Peter J. McGuire, co-founder of the American Federation of Labor, while others have suggested Matthew McGuire, the Secretary of Central Labor Union, first proposed the holiday. Today, we recognize the efforts of these workers, whose labor established founding industries in the U.S. and took the hard steps to fight for human need and protections of the workers. That the labor of the workers would be honored, that the workers themselves would be respected by the powers that be, that the work they accomplished with the help of what they carried in their pockets, tool belts, and work bags be something to be respected and honored. The power of pockets of these early laborers may not be the first thing we think of when we read the recent scriptures. Disciples to take up their crosses and follow Christ, to seek for the lost coin and the lost sheep. But as I think of those laborers and all their efforts to change policy and laws for more just realities, I'm impressed by their moxie and dedication. I'm impressed with the depth of their desire to care for their fellow laborer, even in the face of great difficulty. These workers who changed labor policy understood the risk of their effort. They considered the risk and pursued their goal to its completion. While what they carried in their pockets, tool belts, and effort to make change to unjust policies were not literal crosses like in the text, they exemplify a commitment to justice and care for their neighbor and self. It seems quite like Jesus. Also, they sought out what was lost, what was needed and what was necessary to build a truly beloved community, which was then, and remains to be, a continual work in progress. These workers risked their livelihood, and some gave their lives to make sure the work and the power of the worker in their pockets was to be honored and protected. So this Labor Day, I find myself at this unique intersection between the history of labor reform in the U.S., the gospel lesson from last week of Jesus calling his disciples into cross-carrying and discipleship, and this week's text to engage in the work of seeking out lost things, like coins, or in the case of the parable in Luke 15, the lost sheep. Jesus implores his listeners to go seeking the one lost sheep, even though the 99 are in the pen, to seek the lost sheep, those on the outside of community, and to use gifts to usher them in, and to challenge those who would keep them out, to be truly beloved community for all sheep, or, in this case, people. So in light of Labor Day history and present, the challenge to carry our crosses, the challenge to seek out those who are left on the outside of community, as well as the challenge for community to embrace, celebrate, and advocate the diversity of all people, I was surprised to find a glimmer of direction on what this can mean in everyday life by way of an experience of, well, pockets, overalls, and a clergy shirt. Holy shenanigans showed up for me on a normal workday, a workday as a parish pastor. I went to tech study with a clergy group. 
I was working on planning worship and bulletins. I visited a hospital chaplain, attended to the needs of people's hearts and listened and prayed. I visited a person in hospital. I led an online worship service and I ran to the store to get some needed supplies. As I walked through this day from place to place, everywhere I went, person after person would ask me, what is it that you do? What is your job? As they looked at my clergy shirt and my overalls with great curiosity. It seemed to me that my attire and personhood was something outside many of these questioners' comfort zones. That morning, I'd not thought too much about my combination of clothing, except that the cooler day required warmer clothing. But as I was asked over and over again, what is it you do? What is your job? I realized my outfit, and perhaps myself, me, was a puzzle they could not figure out. Perhaps some were surprised to see a woman pastor doing the work of pastoring. Still surprised after 50 years of women serving as clergy in the ELCA. This surprise of people to the fact that women are clergy is an ongoing reality, but one that couldn't fully be addressed in these quick conversations. I didn't want these conversations to stop based on this one bias point. So I allowed myself to remain curious and I dug a bit deeper to engage in the parade of questions all day long. What is it that you do? What is your job? I paused and thought about the pockets in my overalls and my clergy shirt and all the things that had filled that one day. Care for the sick, prayer, receiving support and camaraderie from pastoral colleagues, listening, walking through the winding halls of a hospital to find my parishioner, lifting of supplies into my shopping cart, using my cell phone to chat or text or email with all those needing support to respond or plan for the days to come. The list goes on. I may not have been carrying a tool belt like my laborer family from Pittsburgh, but I did have literal pockets to help me carry out the labor of that one day. When I first encountered these questions, I was caught up in the business of the day. I didn't realize that the world was looking my way to see what power I might have in my pockets, in my clergy shirt, and my overalls. The world was looking my way? Were they looking for something they had lost and wondered if I could be of help in that search? Perfect strangers would ask, in hospital hallways, in the parking lot of a store, what is it you do? What is your job? I was tempted to respond with some humor and some sass. I am a shepherdess. Or, I, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Would you like to join me? Or, let me tell you a parable about the sheep and the goats, or the wheat and the chaff. Or, or how about, I pray over all people. Instead, I dug deeper to the heart of the question and said, I'm a pastor. Tell me, what do you do? What do you do? What do you care about? What are you looking for that you seem to have lost? What do you carry in your pockets? In the moment and the rush of the day, I didn't stop long enough to ask all these wonderful questions, but simply would ask, what do you do? 
I hoped this question would flip what felt like a critical assessment of my vocation as a woman clergy to a space of shared and surprising curiosity. Perhaps they were looking for something that was lost. And in their question, I could look for some lost things, too. I think I felt compelled to ask what they do because of pockets and what the pockets represent, what the pockets say of what we do with our lives, what the pockets say we carry, as well as what we might be missing and seeking. You see, pockets aren't only for pastors. Pockets are things that we all have. The holy shenanigans of pockets represent the things we carry in our hearts, or the things we seek out. All of us have pockets. All of us are called to carry who we are and the skills we have to do some work of goodness for love or mercy in the world. This sounds something like Jesus' call to carry crosses, doesn't it? This sounds like seeking things or gifts people don't see in themselves, like one sheep of the 99 and inviting them to use their gifts to carry into the true beloved community. This call to seek lost things and labor for love is not an easy task. Jesus makes this clear that both actions require courage and moxie. To carry our gifts into the world, to search for them when we lose track of them, to seek out whose gifts are not yet appreciated, and then demand their gifts are brought into community, celebrated. All of this requires risk. Risk to ask and answer the questions of strangers. Risks of relationships. Risk of heart. Risk of self to care for others. Love calls us to use our pockets and use our individual gifts to bless the community and the world, and labor to make beloved community a real experience for all people. What would be your response if you were asked the questions I heard earlier this week? What is it that you do? What is your job? This is a question we all can answer. Young, old, working, retired. We all have a gift of labor to share. We all have lostness to wrestle with and to bring back home. Home to stay. What gift do you have? that you may have forgotten or lost along the way. What power is already in your pockets? We all have pockets filled with possibility. To help you in your search this week for what you feel you might have lost, I share a poem about odd socks. There was once a basket of socks that had no mates anymore. Mom had given my sister and I free reign to do what we wanted with them. They can become whatever you want. We saw this basket of odd socks as treasure. We borrowed mom's sewing box. We added buttons. We added bows. We took humble tube socks and we made puppets, Barbie dresses, and even attempted making sock monkeys. Together, we had a great time with that basket of socks To some, they might have seemed disposable, but to us, with the help of some buttons, bows, and a blessing from our mom, they were a treasure to delight in. We all have baskets of odd socks. We may not see them as anything but clutter, but what could be possible with those cast-off socks 
with a blessing, buttons, and bows. I like to think that God appreciates all the baskets of odd socks. I think God is delighted with them, especially when we look at them with curiosity and the help of the creative notion of buttons, blessings, and bows. I think God loves to embellish the odd socks of life and make treasure out of them. I hear that God's got a great craft closet where the odd socks can become whatever they want to be. There is treasure in baskets of odd socks. Can you see it? Can you be it? By the power of blessing, buttons, and bows, together we can make treasure from the basket of odd socks. I am your Holy Shenanigans Muse, Tara Lamont Eastman. Thank you for joining us this week for Holy Shenanigans that surprise, encourage, redirect, and turn life upside down, all in the name of love. This is an unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Thanks to Ian Eastman for sound editing. Also, thank you to Holy Shenanigans podcast listeners for supporting our work by way of www.buymeacoffee.com backslash Tara L. Eastman. May love inspire us to look at the lost and found of our hearts, of our odd sock baskets, of our pockets, our churches, our communities, to search for the treasure that is already embodied there, to seek justice, to be willing to ask someone, what is the beautiful gift I see hiding in your pocket? Tell me about it. Can I tell someone else about your amazing gift? Where else would you like to share it? Maybe we can empty out our pockets together, look at all of our gifts, and see what good they might be used for. There is treasure in the pockets of all people.